Good morning. So good to see you all here. Um, before I get started, I do want to take a minute and get a little personal. First of all, I would like to uh, thank everybody this morning that took a second to encourage me, to calm me, and just to uh, lift me up uh, in prayers. My, my small group, I know they've been doing this for about a month. Uh, my pastor, my elders, you all have been uh, very supportive, and most of all, my wife, who has had to put up with uh, temper tantrums, uh, moments of uh, unclarity, and uh, late nights of uh, trying to sit there and find out what God has wanted to uh, have me say. So I, I want to thank all of y'all personally for that. It's much appreciated. Um, when Adam asked me to uh, pick a, a Sunday, um, I usually go with the, the one furthest away to give me the mo most time to uh, fret about it and, 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 you know, antagonize myself. And I pretty much did the same thing, except for this time, it, he asked me to, uh, the, the lesson was on words, and I love words. Words are, are, are wonderful things. Uh, we can use them to do so many things. We can uh, lift, use them to lift each other up. We can use them to instruct. We can use them to, uh, unfortunately, tear each other down. So it was very, I was very excited about this. And I've spent a lot of time uh, meditating, thinking, praying, preaching. He uh, gave me a, a good outline, and that's where we're going to go through. So here, let's get started, and we're going to be talking about watching our words. You know, from childhood on, especially if you were raised in a Christian household, you know, we're kind of taught to dread having a, uh, well, an unruly mouth or an unruly tongue. And it's one, it's one of the greatest evils. Uh, the affairs of mankind, this world, has been thrown into chaos and confusion because of man's words. And no man can tame their own tongue without divine grace and assistance. You know, pious and edifying language is a genuine produce of a sanctified heart. And none who understand Christianity expect to hear curses, lies, boastings from a true believer's mouth any more than they look for an apple on an orange tree. So we're going to search Proverbs to find out how we're going to watch our words. If you would pray with me. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, we praise your name. We thank you for today, for this time and this place that we gather together to praise you, to worship you, to open our hearts, to be changed by your word. And I pray today that our hearts are prepared for that. I pray for myself that I am emptied of myself 
and filled with your spirit. And that what comes out of my mouth is your words. I thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. I thank you for seeing me, for seeing us through the blood of your Son and counting us as righteous and as your heir. In your name I pray. Amen. Okay, as most of y'all know, I work in the back with the kids the majority of the time, and I absolutely love it. And if you've ever had a chance to go back there and help teach in elementary, or you have an elementary age kid, we're going to talk about something we talk about each and every Sunday back there, and that's called the God Rules. And it's very simple. We have three rules in our classroom, and that's and they're pattern G-O-D. I wish I could take credit for this, but I can't. Sherry, Sherry taught me this, and it's so good I, I've continued to use it. G is give the speaker your attention. In other words, if someone's up here speaking, you're listening. O is only use righteous wrath. And as fun as that is, it's basically we want to use our words to build people up and not tear them down. And then D is don't be a space invader. Respect others' personal belongings and space. Well, today I want us to focus on that second rule. Only use righteous rap. Okay, let's get into Proverbs. Let's turn to chapter 15. And we're going to read the first seven verses. And this is... Uh, kind of contrasting evil speech or wicked speech with uh, righteous speech. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of the fools pull out folly. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A fool despises his father's instruction, but when it, whoever heeds reproof is prudent. And in the house of the righteous there is much treasure, but trouble befalls the income of the wicked. And the lips of the wise spread knowledge, not so the hearts of the fools. So as we can see through these seven verses we have what a right, righteous tongue looks like and says and what an unrighteous or wicked tongue is saying. In verse 3, it's a reminder that God is looking down on all of us, the wicked and the uh, righteous. But verses 1 and 4, a soft answer turns away wrath and a harsh word stirs up anger. And a gentle tongue is a tree of life. Our words and how they come out and how they hit the ears of other people, you know, it matters. If we, I know if I miss up and I have someone berating me, I shut down. It's not, I'm not even listening anymore. You know, this is not constructed to helping me do better next time. If I've missed up so bad and, and I've made you mad, tell me what I did wrong. Let me fix it. Help me fix it. So we want to be careful 
and not be harsh when we are being um, constructively criticizing. In verses 2, 5, and 7, the wise use of words to spread and commend knowledge, allowing constructive reproofs or criticisms is to help people grow. That's what the righteous should be doing. That's what we as Christians should be doing with each other. We are to hold each other accountable. We are to hold each other uh, to the word. And also, if we are not, if we are dealing with people who are not Christians, we don't want, us th- we don't want them thinking that we are uh, overly harsh and that uh, we just don't, oh, how can I say this? Use the fun the right words. We don't want to them thinking that we're just mean people. And verse 6 shows us that using upright speech builds up treasure. By being careful of what we say and building others up with encouraging speech, our speech is found to be pleasing to our Lord. And our speech is a byproduct of what is in our hearts. In another proverb, and this, I'll be honest, this is a personal verse to me. Uh, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Uh, about 30 years ago, I found myself in a very tough position in my life. And uh, this was passed on to me from a, a dear friend. And I didn't get it at first. But as uh, 30 years of seeking God's wisdom and his direction in being a father, a husband, uh, a, a leader, an employee, just being a person, I understand now that what's in my heart is what comes out of my mouth. And um, I want it to be what is righteous and right and not what is unrighteous and wicked. And in Proverbs 10, verses 19 through 21, we're going to see what the value of the, the correct or the right words are. And it says this, When words are many, transgression is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. And the tongue of the righteous is choice silver, and the heart of the wicked is of little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but the fools die for lack of sense. Boy, that's that's nice. The The words of the righteous are prudent, valuable, and can very well be life changing. The words that you say to other people has an effect on what they do and what they even think of themselves. In verse 11, it states that the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. I would prefer to be considered a fountain of life than someone who is uh, twisting words to make myself look better. You know, our, cho- our words have a chance to lift, to edify, and impart grace to others. Hopefully, opening a chance to share those words to somebody who does not know Christ or to help someone that has uh, stepped away and has forgotten what God had made them to be. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11 it says, Therefore encourage one another and build up on uh, one another. And in Romans 1.12 Paul states that I might be encouraged together with you. 
It's like, that, like again, the O rule. Use your words to raise each other up and not tear them down. So let's take a look at what God has, his view on the wicked words. And that's in Proverbs 12.22. And it says this, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. In the Amplified, it actually says lying lips are extremely disgusting to the Lord. And, and lying lips, a lying tongue, and one who sells discords are one of the seven things that God finds as an abomination. You know, it's, it's pretty plain, folks. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. Um, it's so easy to, to, to fall into half-truths just to uh, save yourself a little extra grief. And as a, as a father and a, and a husband, I know that I've, I've done that before when I wanted to uh, have my children not continuously quiz me on something I was uncomfortable about or tell my wife, no, I didn't do, like it, do it like you asked, but it's done, so let's let it go. But, uh, you know, being truthful is, is so much better. And it, uh, even though it can be uncomfortable, in the end run, it makes a stronger relationship with your children or with your wife. And most of all, being honest about it, yourself in front of God builds a stronger relationship with Him. And that brings me to what wicked words look like. Uh, and in Proverbs 6, verses 12 through 14, it kind of it starts out like this. A worthless person, a wicked man, goes about with crooked speech, winks with his eyes as signals with his feet, points with his finger, with perverted heart despises evil, continually sowing discord. Now the first two verses of that, the first thing that came to my mind was Penn and Teller. If you know who Penn and Teller is, they are some of the world's best magicians or illusionists. And also, they're very forthright about what they do, and they tell you what they're going to do and how they're going to do it, and yet, still somehow, you don't see them do it. They're excellent magicians. Magicians re rely a lot of misdirection, uh, misinformation, to uh, have you suspend belief long enough that what they're doing looks real. And again, a lot of liars are very good at misdirection and showing you just what you think you might want to see, just enough so that you are satisfied for the moment. But then again, like verse 14 says, with a perverted heart devises evil, continuously sowing discord, it never ends for someone who lies. In Proverbs 
It says, a fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. I really like that because um, sometimes when you catch somebody lying, you do want to give them a nice little pop in the mouth. Or I have. Maybe y'all aren't <clears throat> as violent as I can be, I guess. But again, you know, when you're lying, all you're doing is you're tearing down not only somebody else, but you're tearing your own house down around you. Because at some point, the lies will catch up with you. In Proverbs 26:23, it was like a clay vessel covered with the silver dross or burning lips and a wicked heart. Back then, they would cover or, or coat their uh, earthen vessels with something to keep them from leaking or breaking easier. And something that would be done was they would use the dross of silver or gold to put a shiny surface over that vessel. It didn't change that vessel. It was still just an earthen crock, an earthen vessel. But it made it look nicer. So that's what, lying, that's what a lot of liars want to do. They want it to look nice enough for you to accept it. And it's still, it's still worthless. You know, wicked words are deceptive, dismissive, and misdirected. And they separate us from each other as well as God. And once that we utter them, they cannot be retrieved. I have a, I have a story. Uh, there was a, a lady that uh, maliciously gossiped about one of her neighbors in her family. And um, she found out what she was saying was untrue and was wrong. And it, it broke her heart because what she had done, and she knew that she was wrong. And so she went to the village wise men and asked, what can I do to have these words taken back? And the man told her, go home, kill your chickens and pluck them. Put the feathers in a bag and then put the, spread the feathers over the main road and then come see me the next day. So the lady went home, killed her some chickens, plucked them, put them in a bag, went out to the main road and spread all the feathers. And so when she got back to him the next day, the wise man told her, okay, now what I want you to do is to go pick up every feather that you had plucked. And she looked at him and she says, how can that be? He says, you know, people have passed through. The wind has carried them away. They're spread everywhere. And he told her, like your words, they spread everywhere. And you can never get them all back. So she was brokenhearted because she realized that once said, it cannot be unsaid. And she went forward determined to watch her words and what she said. Now, in Proverbs 16, 13, this is what right words can bring. 
Righteous lips are a delight of a king, and he loves him who speaks what is right. That is beautiful. Our king is God, our Lord Jesus. And the words that we speak when he finds them pleasing, and that means that we are edifying and lifting him up. We are showing the love in our hearts that he has put there into he put into us, and we're sharing it with others. In Proverbs, also in Proverbs uh, twenty-five eleven, it says, "Like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken at the right time." And in Proverbs ten eleven, it says, "The words of a man's mouth are deep waters; the fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook." And I think I got my verses wrong. That's 18.14, and Proverbs 10.11 says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Our words, as they come out of us, have great power. And uh, we should be using that to spread what we know is true. If you, are, if you call yourself a Christian, and you actually have God residing in your life, in your heart. This really is a very simple lesson. It's just very hard to apply. And we, our words should delight and honor our king, and we should raise our brothers and sisters with them. It's easy for us to allow our emotions to rule over us, causing us to say, or do things in the heat of the moment that we will regret, wishing we could take it back. But instead, we should remember what Paul had written to the church in Ephesus, like Donna had read earlier in uh, Ephesians 4, 29. I had this bookmarked, and when she read that, I was so happy that she did because... I think it's worth hearing again. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. It's challenging for me to watch my words and what comes out of my mouth. I am... if you know me, you know that I'm I'm a little bit of a, a a little bit of a jokester, and I like to have fun and tease my 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 good friends, and um, it's a it's it's a delicate thing. I, I never want to say anything to break somebody's heart, to make them feel less than what they are. But I also want them to know I love them. And 
I think highly of them. And I remember, I do my best to remember the things that we have been talking about. And I try to remember that what's in my heart is what's going to come out of my mouth. So every day I pray for a broken heart and a heart to be remade by him and his hands, by his, by his word, so that everyone I talk to, everyone I cross, will feel not just my love for them, but for his love for them. And I want to challenge everybody that in these coming days, this coming week, to think before you speak. And think, is this raising someone up? Is this building someone up? It doesn't mean you never point out a mistake. It's just that it means that when you do, you say it out of love and, and out of their best interest on, on having them become the best that they can be through Christ. So, again, my challenge to you this coming week and to myself is to really pay attention to the words that we use and ensure that the words that we do use are righteous, are holy, and are used to build people up. If you'd pray with me, please. Our Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, I thank you for this time and for these people here today to come hear your word. And Lord, I pray that the words that came out of my mouth, Lord, touch their hearts, open their eyes. For some, I know it was a, just a, a, affirmation, a reaffirming of what they believe and what they try to practice. For some, Lord, I pray it, turn, it produces a change in the way that they view things, the way that they view other people. Lord, and I thank you so much for your mercy and your grace. And in your name I pray, amen.